hang on, let me. Hey guys, it's Kira from KiraWilliamsFitness.com. And today we are speaking with Kate Mann from LRDAcademy.com. And today we are going to be talking about mindful eating. So welcome, Kate. Thank you so much for being on. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did, what do you do and how did you get into this space? Yeah. So that, Ooh, I'll, I'm going to try to give you, I always say this and I chuckle because I'm going to try to give you the, um, the shortest version that I can. I, I tend to be a little long winded. Uh, but essentially, um, I went on a very long health and wellness journey. It started when I was about 19, 20, Um, I was pre-diabetic. I was obese. Um, I had a lot of poor lifestyle habits that were not serving me, um, relationships as well. And I just, I found myself just in a spiral and there were, uh, a couple of turning points for me that, you know, really started tipping me that I needed to make some changes. But, um, I just remember, you know, slowly, you know, starting to make small steps, uh, in preparation to really, um, make some lasting changes. And one of those was, um, you know, hiring a trainer and, you know, working out was just, that was a very hard thing for me. It was hard to be, you know, in a, for me, for my frame at that time, it was hard to, you know, lug an overweight body to the gym and feel insecure and all of that. Um, (laughs) workouts were making me puke within about 10 minutes at that point. And I just remember coming home one day from one of those workouts and I just felt so defeated. And, um, I was getting ready to jump in the shower. And I just remember I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror and I just, I I was, it definitely woke me up, but at the same time, I think this other voice woke up in me. And I just, I looked in the mirror and I didn't like what I saw, but at the same time, I had this overwhelming sense of self-compassion, which I know is like the me now, the future self, right? And I just remember hearing this distinct voice saying, you know, um, you know, I'm so sorry, you know, kind of like talking to myself and this is, I'm a little woo-woo and it gets deep, but it was just this sense of like, I see you, um, I'm so sorry that I have let things get to this point. Um, I know it's not going to feel easy. I know that um, it's not going to be linear. Every day is going to be different, but I know that any challenge that I choose to embrace and go for right now is going to be so much easier than feeling stuck where I am right now. And so in that moment, um, I just sort of adopted this, uh, mindset that, you know what, it doesn't matter what I see in the mirror. I have to, you know, I have to literally start thinking, speaking, living as if I am already, um, you know, this person that I want to become. And I know that if I start following suit and playing the part and start, you know, implementing the habits of the woman that I want to be, and I start thinking the thoughts of the woman, um, that I want to be that eventually, um, she's going to start showing up and, but I have to, I have to start showing up first. And so, um, that didn't happen overnight now. Clear. I mean, that was just, but that, that decision and that, that mindset shift happened in that very second. 
Um, and it took me a while. I mean, it, it, like I said, it was a journey and we can go into that a little bit, you know, later on, but, um, essentially I had to, you know, I had some success here and there with kind of yo-yo dieting. We've all been there. And, um, I was, you know, doing the best I could just in terms of like following hers and fitness magazines. And we didn't have a lot of Instagram then at this time, thankfully, I think that probably would have done more damage to me than, than, you know, good. But, um, I just, you know, I basically took the time to learn the things that I didn't know. I had to accept and surrender to the fact that I'm going to have to learn the mechanics and the foundational principles of nutrition. I'm going to need to, to learn how to monitor my habits and my environment and really recognize and understand my behavioral patterns. Because essentially, um, I learned the hard way that, you know, eating right, moving your body, like that stuff's not hard. What's hard is creating the, uh, again, the mindset and the environment to prioritize the self-care rituals and habits that keep us on track, even on the days that we don't feel like it. And so that's why I really just took a huge passion towards not only, you know, health and fitness, nutrition, you know, I'm a certified trainer, nutritionist, et cetera, but um, the, the stuff that I really love helping women with more than anything in my zone of genius is really just understanding full heartedly, the behavioral science that goes behind not only weight loss, but just making lifestyle changes and lasting ones. Um, and just being able to liberate women from this idea that I've tried everything and nothing works for me <laughs> because I thought that too. And it's just not the case. You just, you haven't found the right approach for you. So that's, um, in a nutshell, I've created a course and a program um, and a coaching business out of not only helping women with, you know, the mechanics of nutrition and fitness, but more so the daily habits and the self-care, the stuff that we know we should be doing, Kira, that we just don't follow through with, essentially. <laughs> and so that is how LRD Academy was born. So can you tell our listeners, what does LRD and LRD Academy stand for? Yes, LRD stands for lifestyle routine and daily habits. And so what my course is, is a multi-module uh, online course that my students enjoy, you know, lifetime access to that essentially walks them through the foundational templates, exercises, um, and training techniques that I basically journaled out through my entire journey over 15 years and created in a condensed into a, a, a pretty easy a self uh, applicable system that walks you through the principles of nutrition, uh, specifically with whole foods and more of a plant-based approach. You don't, and you know, you don't have to be completely plant-based to do the course, but it does, um, it does focus on that. It also focuses on, you know, mindful movement, um, you know, fat loss. That's, you know, realistic, um, ways for women to, um, not only look at the nutrition and the fitness, but again, how they can set up their daily schedule to prioritize uh, their self-care and some of these um, just wellness habits that they're wanting to create. And then lastly, uh, there's also a module on personal development and mindset work, especially around boundaries, because I know, and not only with people, but with ourselves, because I know that um, typically the women and the clients that come to me are very motivated. They, they know the, the urgency and the importance of, you know, getting their ish together and, and creating better habits. And, and they know why, 
but they just, they've been in such a rut so long of watching themselves put everything else first, putting themselves last. And there's a lot of lack of self-trust, meaning that they just don't really know how to tie everything together. And sometimes they don't really trust themselves enough to follow through or set up a routine. And I think when we can, um, you know, when I can help them intervene and just kind of pull everything out in front of them, get all the ducks in a row and give them a plan of action. Um, just seeing the relief uh, that they're able to get from that and the crazy success rate that we've had is just, it's, um, it's just, it's very encouraging. That's a very fascinating, you know, your approach is, you know, some, some folks approach things as, okay, we're going to talk about macronutrients. We're going to talk about protein and what it is. We're going to talk about carbs and what they do, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that, you know, having that knowledge and education can absolutely be helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody could say, okay, I'm going to make sure that I pair my carbs with some protein. So I keep my blood sugar balance and that's going to help me with cravings, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for, for myself, like that is something that was a huge help for me in, you know, my fat loss. But I think your approach with let's build habits and, you know, like you were saying the science behind, um, about behavioral change. That is super interesting, you know, and it's great to hear that you're having, you have such high success rate with your clients because that's really what it comes down to. It's, it's all it comes down to why, why aren't we able to change or do the things we want to do? I mean, it's our environment. And I think people think about that. So literally they just think about like their house but it's, it's more than your physical or your kitchen, right? It's, it's more than your physical environment. It's your, your mental environment, your social environments. Um, there's, there's so many things. And the fact that we are going to be triggered all day, every day to be tempted or stressed or taken off, you know, our quote unquote plan. Um, and so what I love to do is say, Hey, the, you know, the, the weight management, the nutrition, the macros, the workouts, like all of that. Sure. Like you said, Kira, it's super important for sure. But if you don't like, again, on a good day, it's easy to feel motivated to do those things, but it's like, Hey, we're going to, this stuff's in the bag, but like, what is this going to look like to you personally in a customized routine? Like, what is this going to look like in action? How are you going to implement these items like into your every day. And not only that, but like knowing your MO, like what is your toxic trait? How do you sabotage? Like that's the first thing I ask any student or client is like, all right, so this is all great for like the first week or so when you're feeling happy and super motivated. Like when something's new, we totally pay attention. I want to know what's going to happen when you get that text. I want to know what's going to happen when you end up sleeping in or hitting snooze and you're in a bad mood or what's going to happen when you get your first period and you get PMS or some cramps and we're trying to help you eliminate added sugars and you just have all of the cravings. Like, how are you going to handle that? Because that is literally the only disconnect that I truly believe keeps women stuck in the starting over, like on and off pattern, which you tend to agree (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, if your clients are having success with this, then that's, you know, that's proof right there. And we can learn all of the things, you know, we can, 
you, we can find out the number one exercise that actually makes our butt look better. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, like you're going to see this, this person on Instagram and this magazine will tell us different things, but like, let's say like, okay, I know exactly which exercise that is that gets me a better butt. But if I'm not, if something is going on with me in my, my habits or my routines that doesn't allow me to get to the gym to do that exercise, it means nothing. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And like, and how are you going to cope? Like in that moment, it's like that all or nothing. I think we get so swept up and like, okay, this is the plan. I'm clinging to this. Like I'm married to this. And then it's like, when we don't have that adaptability and flexibility and you know, that plan B, that plan C (laughs) that I always, I'm like, I have a plan B, but also have a plan C. It's like, what are you going to do? Like, are you able in that moment to say like, oh, you know what? my schedule did not go as planned or like this happened. And you know what? I'm not going to have time to get to the gym today. Well, what would my higher self or what would my future self say to me right now? Would she say, Oh, screw it. You just, you get to get out of jail free card. You don't need to go to the gym, whatever, like meet your friend for a glass of wine, hashtag self-care. Or are you going to be like, you know what? This didn't go the way I planned, but Hey, you know what? I have 45 minutes right now before my next thing. I'm going to get outside and go walk, or I am going to get on YouTube. I'm going to queue up my TV. I'm going to find a quick 20, 25 minute workout that looks fun and feels fun. And I am going to take, I'm still going to devote and take this time and prioritize this for me. Like that right there is literally, whether it's with your movement, with eating, because I know we're going to talk about mindful eating, which I'm so excited about, but, or just you know, choosing your attitude. If you get like a really bad, like I said, a really bad email or text or something happens, it's like, how do you adapt? How do you still pivot and stay prioritized when things don't always go as planned? Well, you mentioned something about mindful eating and we do need to get into the actual topic (laughs) that we're here to talk about. I know we could chat about this stuff for hours Oh yes, love to have you back on at another time. So we can talk about, you know, forming habits, but, um, tell us what does mindful eating mean to you, Kate? Oh my goodness. I love mindful eating. It is something that I, truth be told, I still, I mean, it's, it's every day is a practice. So people, I think people will hear the word like intuitive eating and this, that, and the other. Um, but essentially mindful eating to me, I, I, I think it's the same as doing really anything else mindfully in terms of you're eating, you're either operating from a place of consciousness or choice, um, or you're in autopilot, like your subconscious, right? So it means listening to and honoring our hunger and our satiation cues. Um, to me, it means enjoying a balance and a variety of few of foods for fuel and for fun. Um, sometimes it can also be choosing comfort over nutrients or vice versa. Um, I also think it's noticing and observing any destructive patterns or feelings around food and alcohol uh, without judgment giving yourself permission to just, you know, accept everything that you're doing with compassion and seek to understand why you're doing the things that you're doing and then actively working to replace them with healthier coping skills or choices. You know, as soon as you become aware of the behavior, not letting it become like a secret or something that you kind of stuff down and you, you dread at the end of each day. 
essentially on this, like if you were to draw a line, I think what I like to do with anything mindful eating or just mindful in general is essentially when we're out in, I call it the wild, (laughs) the real world, when we're out in the wild and we're in our environment and we get a trigger, usually that trigger sends us an impulse, right? Um, if we get bored, um, sometimes we tend to get up and, you know, go reach for a snack for stimulus, or if we get boredom, we might get tension in our fingers and it causes us to pick our cuticles or bite our nails. So what I, what I like to tell my students with mindful eating is essentially when you're in that space of like trigger impulse, the impulse before you become mindful, the impulse just takes you directly to a reaction, right? Like you're just reacting and like impulse to reaction, like getting, having an impulse, reaching for the snack, having an impulse, reaching for the glass of wine. Whereas to instead I teach my girls to notice what the sensations of an impulse feels like. And then instead going into the reaction, I first want them to sit in the place of choice and awareness. Because then if I can get you to go, oh, wait, I'm noticing this pattern. Even if you're like midway, even if you're standing in the pantry, wait, I'm noticing I'm in this impulse right now to do this. Instead of reacting, I'm going to stop right now. And I'm going to hang out in this space of awareness and choice before I make any more moves. Well, how the heck do you get people to slow down to be able to do that? I mean, I know that takes practice, but you know, like what kind of tactics do you give someone who's just getting started to be able to slow down when their emotions are heightened? Self-monitoring. First of all, before I even get to that place, we have to understand that I have to understand the pattern what's going on. And that's my job as the behavioralist. I mean, I I'm going to talk to each student and have them literally audit themselves. I'm like, I want you to not hold back. I don't care how embarrassing it is. I don't care how secretive or shameful you feel about it. None of those things are true. That's not your reality. You have literally just developed a coping skill out of surviving a really hard situation. It's very understandable and we can correct it. I just need to understand it. So I have my women self-monitor. I have them tally up how many times this pattern or unwanted feeling or impulse, whatever it is, happens. We tend to, after that, we're able to very quickly, I'm able to at least surmise, okay, this is why this is occurring. This is the trigger environment. This is how we need to correct it. And then we make a plan and then they implement it. And if they have a replacement coping strategy that they can immediately implement that they feel connected to and solid with, that's when the change starts happening. And it happens pretty instantly. Yeah, there's some, there's some moments of relapse because relapse is actually a very healthy part of making a lasting change. But basically in a nutshell, we just have to self-monitor, pinpoint the habit, the trigger environments, and there may be multiple. Um, Then we create a plan. um, We insert the habit blockers with other coping skills, and then we start to move forward. Well, it definitely sounds like there's a lot of recognition of, you know, how you're feeling, like, Mm -hmm. like, how am I feeling in this moment um, that I'm about to eat this like piece of pizza with my family and how am or how am I feeling right now as I'm standing in front of the fridge, because I have this deadline that's rapidly approaching and I'm about to eat this slice of cold pizza. Like there, you know, there's two different emotions going into eating that same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, how, like, do you, how would you say like, you know, this is the best way to go about recognizing how you're feeling, um, you know, uh, like, you know, slow down and 
and ask yourself, how am I feeling? But, you know, are there any other ways that we can go around? Can we go about things like recognizing and creating awareness around how we're feeling as we're eating other than just in that moment saying like stopping and asking or what are absolutely. I mean, there's two parts to this. So fundamentally, well, let's talk about the, so first of all, the more we tie down fundamentally mechanically with the nutrition, the easier, the emotional part is going to be, because if I can tell my, if I can give my girls a set nutrition plan and allay all of their questions about the mechanics of nutrition, they're like, all right, I know what I need to be eating now because, you know, they know their unique energy needs, the difference between calories, nutrients, minerals, vitamins, how all these things work. Uh, we determine their nutrient ratios, their, you know, their, their, uh, ranges, what basically their goals with how much they need to be getting of like their fat, their protein, the carbs, sugar, fiber, sodium, et cetera. And then how to structure those meals in a way that leaves them feeling physically and mentally satisfied. And then obviously like identifying any swaps we can make the throw in to make, you know, create healthier versions of snacks and meals, et cetera. Once we do that, you know, that's going to, that's first going to help obviously someone feel better, right? It's going to help them know which foods are going to help them feel their best. And this is, again, this is not overnight. This takes a while. This is trial and error, but they learn which foods rev them up or tank their energy, uh, what they digest best, any sensitivities, allergens, et cetera. But emotionally, the reason why it's so important to, to think about what you said which is wrecking. And this is more of the mindful part, but recognizing you asked me, you know, recognizing how we feel before and after eating. Why is that helpful? Well, it helps illuminate when we reach for food or drink at inappropriate times versus like healthy impulses to reach for food. Um, and that allows us to identify a problematic pattern or an unhealthy coping strategy that needs to be corrected. So whenever, for, for instance, you ever notice like, you know, when I'm following my quote unquote, well, I hate to say the word diet, but you know, when I'm, when I'm making mindful choices with food, when I'm eating mainly whole foods, nutrient dense things that make me feel good, I feel good. But then I love it actually when my students hate it, but when they have a setback or they have like a, you know, a screw at night and they go out and I think they're operating from this place of scarcity. So they have like what they would probably call it a cheat meal or whatever. I hate that term too. Uh, there are no good or bad foods in my opinion, but you know, they'll eat a meal, drink, you know, maybe a glass or three, excuse me, of wine. And then, you know, the next day they, they feel so awful. So I, I don't focus on like the guilt and the shame. And I feel like I I've messed up. I'm like, well, Hey, let regardless of this, because in the real world in the wild, if you're on a roll and you're feeling great and you're in a place where you're being consistent, there's really nothing wrong with going out and having an extra slice of pizza or an extra glass of wine with your friends, as long as you know why you're doing it and you're still feeling in control of the situation. I like to look at the emotionality from a place of like, you know, why did you choose to drink the wine or why did you choose to have the extra piece of pizza? Because that might be that right there. If it was coming from a place of I'm using this to cope with stress, it's not really what I want to do. I'm just going to do it. I would rather focus on that versus like, oh, you messed up last night. You were bad because you ate pizza or you drank wine. Does that make any sense? Oh, I asked my clients why all the time. Yeah. 
all the, <laughs> to the point where they're probably like ready to slap me. But it's not, you know, because it's like, okay, so you, like you were saying with your clients, when they go out and they, and they're in the wild and they have had, you know, they had three slices of pizza and they eat chicken nuggets and they're like, oh, I'm so terrible. And it's like, you're not terrible, but like, let's actually talk about that. You know, why did you Mm -hmm. use that? So what are some simple steps that somebody could take to look deeper and figure out why they choose to eat certain things that they choose? Oh, I love this question. Um, so I lead with, <laughs> I always lead with questions too. It drives my clients crazy. I never tell them what to do. I feel like sometimes they're like, just tell me I was wrong or tell me what to eat. And I'm like, I'm not telling you anything. You, that is not going to help you become an independent thinker, you know, and, and operate from a place of your power and choice. I'm only going to ask questions to understand. And so the questions that I ask, first of all, is does this food meal or drink. And this could be alcoholic or non-alcoholic drink. All right. There's sodas, right? So does this food meal or drink have any nutritional benefit to my journey? I think that's important to ask first. And whoever, you know, when you're listening to this right now, I tell my students this hit pause if you need to come back, but write these down and maybe Kira can go over these with you too. But does this food meal drink have any nutritional benefit to my journey? That's usually a yes or no. Uh, second, is this food meal or drink solely for enjoyment? And great. If it is, what is my, li- like, what are my limitations or what is my quote unquote moderation with this? You know, like, Hey, if you're going to go out and have drinks and whatever with the girls tonight, that is so freaking awesome. Like, hear me say this. I want everybody listening to this to, to have that balance and to have that fun. But I think it's a lot more fun when you can go out and know what your limits are. So you don't kind of betray yourself or get caught up in the moment and then make a mistake that you weren't prepared for. Right. And then three, do I reach for this food meal or drink when I am happy or upset or both? Because if it's both, it may be that it does have a place in your lifestyle, but you need to understand when or when it's not appropriate. And if eating for comfort which again, I love, we should, I like to eat for comfort, which is, you know, fine in moderation. Do I truly feel better when I consume this food meal or drink? So ask yourself like, Hey, I'm sick or I had a really hard day and I'm not going to go out and eat like a turd, but you know what? I want a little comfort. Like I want something kind of warm and, and, and savory So that's fine. Again, I love that decision for you, but I do want you to hold yourself accountable to answer honestly, like, do I truly feel better though after consuming this or is it making things worse? Because that could be kind of problematic. And then lastly, I think this question, I feel my best overall when I choose foods, meals, or drinks that blank. And then I think there's one more thing with these questions too, is keep coming back to them because you're probably going to evolve your answers as you keep having this trial and error period. That's so, these are, these are really great questions. And I actually am just kind of jotting them down too, um, you know, to talk, to talk about with my girls, um, because, you know, I want them to be able to listen to you speak on this podcast and be able to apply these things. Um, so, you know, for, for their own lives, um, mm-hmm. so let's get into a little bit of that application actually. Yeah. 
Um, I feel like this is super common, um, especially with some of my clients, but let's say someone puts their kid down to sleep after a really tough day. Um, Mm -hmm. and their like go-to is to sit down in front of the TV and eat a bunch of crackers or, you know, like chippy type things that they have Mm -hmm. in their house. Um, what's something that she could do to create mindfulness and then ultimately make the best decision ever for herself and her goals. Okay. Well, first of all, I have been there. So, and I don't have children and I've been there. So (laughs) I don't even really, I don't even have an excuse. Um, being a mom can be so hard. And again, I don't have children of my own. I work with a lot of moms. I know you do too. So I just, any moms out there listening to this, struggling with this, like it's very understandable that you go through this and you're not alone and it's easy to correct. So first of all, answer the previous questions that I just went over. But what I want you to do is as soon as you notice that that's happening, and I don't care if you're literally three crackers in, I want you to promise me that you will stop and, you know, put the food aside for, and just set a timer for 10 minutes. Okay. You can always come back to the crackers when you're done with this, but I want you to journal it out for 10 minutes. Literally. I want you to talk about why you're choosing it. I want you to talk about why the day was rough why you feel like you need to have, you know, this, this cracker session. Um, and if the hunger is still there after the 10 minutes, I want you to hold yourself accountable to allow yourself to eat. If you feel like you need that, but opt for a healthier choice instead that one, even if you put the crackers up and choose to have some rice cakes with peanut butter, I would that even that small microscopic shift is huge. So if you don't want anything, but if you finish the journaling and you you realize that you really don't, you're not hungry, you're not feeling physical, you know, physical hunger, then you know that it's more of an emotional thing. And that is an amazing breakthrough too. So I would also leave yourself a, a, a cue trail is what I call it. So leave a post-it or a note on the box of crackers or on the pantry door that says, you know, something motivational to you or a reminder, or you could even just write out, am I reaching for this from a place of stress or true hunger? Sometimes having those visual barriers will just interrupt those brain patterns. So when you go down to the kitchen, you probably forgot that the post-its there, you open the door and it's like, Hey babe, remember we're not doing this anymore. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's just creating, it's creating more awareness. It's taking Mm -hmm. that moment to slow down. And even if, you know, I I'm not a pen to paper person as much as I was, but, um, you know, especially if I'm in an emotionally heightened state, I feel like I will journal things in notes. How do you feel about that? Um, so, so like, so repeat that question one more time. I just want to make um, sure I understand. So like I, if I were in this situation, I could see myself kind of having that like rebel moment and being like, ah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit down at my desk. I'm on this couch. I don't care, but I could see myself putting something in notes like electronically, um, you know, on our iPhone, I don't know what it is for Androids, but you know, like just jotting down feelings in notes as opposed to like in a journal, how do you does that work too? Oh yeah. Okay. So then what I would, okay. That makes sense. So what I, what I would do is, I mean, 
if you have, well, here's my thing. If you're, some people like to write, some people like to type, but again, it's like with that rebel mentality, sometimes I don't think just because it's an app or right there on your phone means that you're actually going to open it up and do it because those impulses and those triggers can be really strong. So I think what would be even more effective, again, it's kind of breaking the brain, the brain pattern, um, is literally, okay. For instance, if like, you know, that this witching hour for you is like around nine o'clock, then I would even go ahead and put a reminder, like maybe two reminders, one that comes on at eight 45 on your watch or on your phone. And then one comes on at nine. That's like, Hey babe, like, just remember you're, you know, when you get that trigger to snack tonight, the plan is, and write it out, be like, I'm going to have, you know, um, like a hot tea and I, I'm going to have a bowl of cereal instead, or I'm going to have some like, um, you know, non-dairy yogurt with a little bit of protein mixed in it with some frozen berries. So I can have my, my fix, like, and it's going to help me feel so much better. And I'm going to feel so much more confident about myself. And I'm going to sleep better because I'm not going to have all this processed stuff before I get I me. Mean, I just think if you write yourself a memo or a reminder and you have it pop up on your watch or on your phone, it's, it's like, you've already gone ahead and laid it and you're not kind of relying on your own willpower. I think sometimes just again, like the post-it, just having that like subtle blip that just kind of interrupts your normal, your normal patterns is way more effective than kind of like relying on yourself to open up the app or go journal. If you know that you're not quite there yet, does does that make sense to you? Oh, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's, you know, getting ahead of yourself when exactly you that exactly. you're going to get into that, you know, whether it's being a rebel in that state of being a rebel, that, you know, pure feeling of pure exhaustion at the end of the day, getting ahead of it, having a plan is such mm-hmm. a great idea. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's going to work for the next kind of situation. Um, as well, but I'll let you give me your take. So let's say that somebody has a habit of not making breakfast, um, but they're always stopping at a drive-through for like a quick bagel, like a sugary coffee drink. Um, Mm -hmm. and she knows that that's causing her problems. You know, she has continuous sugar cravings the whole rest of the day. She's not able to achieve her goals. And she knows that that is, you know, this is, where it's stemming from, um, what is something that she could do to create more, more mindfulness and to, you know, maybe get ahead of that, that habit. Um, so that way she can achieve the goals that she has. Uh, first of all, huge hog, because that used to be me. I, again, Kara, I don't know if you remember North Carolina, but, uh, Biscuitville. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to frequent, I used to get when I was in real estate, I actually, uh, I would stop and get fast food every day for breakfast. It was not a good look for me. Um, but what I would say is first of all, hear me say this girls, I don't care what you think. It takes the same amount of time to make a healthier breakfast than it does to get in the car and go to the drive through 10 minutes is 10 minutes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I would dare say it's actually easier and less time to make your breakfast at home. That's a mindset shift though. All right. So first create a healthier version of the drive-through breakfast or whatever you love to get to be prepped at home. Make yourself an English muffin breakfast sandwich. Okay. 
go get some of those Dave's uh, killer seed bagels. I mean, those bagels literally, I love those cinnamon raisin bagels. Yeah. They have some added sugars or whatever, but again, I know my moderation. So that is something that I can do for myself. Plus those bagels have fiber and protein and they're so filling and so much better than something that you're going to go get out at probably some cafe, because let's be honest, those places create pastries and such to spike your blood sugar. So you will keep craving the caffeine and can stay in there longer. They know what they're doing. And we love Starbucks. We love these places, but they're genius. They know exactly what they're doing. So you've got to know that, um, things that you can make ahead, you know, overnight oats. Um, you could also even have a health, like choose a healthier protein bar with a piece of fruit. Even if you're on the go, that is so easy. There's no excuse. It is so much better for you to have like a healthier protein bar and a piece of fruit than it is for you to go to Starbucks, get the 300 calorie laden with sugar and caffeine coffee drink, plus the muffin, plus the bar, whatever else. I mean, you're just literally you're racking up. And I think this again, just goes with just not knowing what's in your food. Um, and then, you know, with your coffee and stuff, use stevia drops or sugar or just opt for the sugar-free, uh, pumps. If you have to, if you have to go get a coffee, like I love coffee. I'm not going to tell any woman not to go have their coffee, but I also don't get the sugary crap. Because it's just, it's one, it, I personally, since removing it, I don't think it tastes that good. And it does make me feel bad and it doesn't do anybody any good, but you can totally go through Starbucks and ask for like two pumps of sugar-free vanilla, and then maybe bring yourself like a little, you know, peppermint mocha or white chocolate stevia drop. And you can totally doctor up your coffee. It is not that big of a to-do and you can still have quote unquote your coffee and drink it too. Um, set a reminder to prep breakfast. As soon as you're finished with dinner the night before you're cleaning up, go ahead and get those things laid out or prepped and set yourself up for success. Don't, don't gone are the days where you can wake up and wing it. If you're, if you are struggling with consistency, just, you got to just go ahead and, 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 and put that off the board. All right. You have got to be prepared. And then think about this. If you're going out and getting breakfast every day, let's just say that in coffee, let's just say 10 bucks a day. All right. So use the money you'll save to reward yourself with something representative of your fitness journey at the end of each month that you're doing this. I think the reward thing is so much better. And then you can tell yourself like, man, do I really want to spend, I mean, I can't add this up. Do I really want to spend 200, whatever dollars this month on drive-through and coffee that is just making me feel worse? Or do I want to take that money and like invest in a course with Kira <laughs> or go get a new pair of shoes or hire a trainer or hire a therapist? You know what I mean? Like something that is actually going to work towards your goals and well-being. So preparing, you know, whether it's, you know, preparing and having a plan is super important. Um, you know, whether it's getting our, putting a plan together for how we're going to act when we go out into the wild, as you call it, yeah, or, I love that. <laughs> um, or planning, you know, like we know what our, we've, we've monitored ourselves enough to know what you call our witching hour is and mm -hmm. you know, what our habits are during that. Uh, planning for our rebel moments or our moments of self-sabotage. We have monitored ourselves enough, uh, monitored ourselves enough to know when we have a tendency to self-sabotage, mm -hmm. um, plan around that. We can plan, we can plan our meals. You know, we can plan out our breakfast the night before. Um, 
So obviously like these are all things that help us to prepare for how we are going to eat and how we are going to handle ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, but how do you feel about food journaling and how helpful is it to look at how you feel after you have eaten something good, bad, or indifferent? Great question. So food journaling may not be for everyone. Um, but I think it's highly beneficial to keep a log or monitor your meals, at least at first, because it leaves you valuable feedback and data that you can go back to in the future if you find yourself again in the same kind of rut. I cannot tell you, how, and I'm sure you've seen this too, but I cannot tell you how many clients have told me that they have been able to go back and read our notes from our work together and literally reset their nutrition all on their own just because they kept track of what foods and meals worked best for them, how they felt, et cetera. So obviously, and, and with this, you know, our needs and our food preferences are going to evolve over time. But generally speaking, we tend to know which foods and meals help us feel our best. And sometimes, again, it just kind of like tracking macros or having macro goals or any sort of mechanical eating to get to that more intuitive place. We do need to take some time to log, monitor, or keep some form of accountability in terms of like tracking, you know, auditing what we're eating, how it's making us feel. So we can really get clear on what nutrition plan is going to work best for us because we're all individual. Um, so I, I just want to ask you, so what are some things that we can do not just before and after meals, but in general to help us cope with our emotions. So they have less of a bearing on our food decisions. Oh, I love this. Um, first of all, and I've, I've kind of hit on this already, but no ladies know your triggers and how they feel in your body. When I say triggers, like notice the sensations. I mean, literally I've had people get, get it down to like, I notice like a knot in my stomach or a lump in my throat or my heart starts beating fast, or my ears get flushed, or I start salivating or grinding my teeth. I mean, there's so many internal cues of stress that we're not even aware of sometimes that will literally trigger that autopilot response. Um, and when those trigger sensations appear, I want you to have a plan to go get quiet if and where, you know, however you can, but go get quiet and reflect. Like I said, with the cracker session, just stop for 10 minutes. You know what I mean? You can come back to it, but get quiet, reflect before making any decisions or any more moves. And then ask yourself, am I truly hungry? Am I upset? If I choose to eat or drink this now, how am I going to feel after? tonight, tomorrow, etc. And then ask yourself, even though I want this because I'm stressed or upset or whatever, what would be the best way that I can nurture myself right now, food or not? Um, those typically, you would be, it would be very hard for you to really sit down and take the time to answer those questions and probably continue to make an impulsive choice. I can't imagine 
doing that. And, and I feel like this is going to help people with so much more than just impulse eating. It's Mm -hmm. impulse spending impulse, you know, online shopping. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, um, I mean, you know, there's so many different things that we just, we operate, um, robotically, you know, we Mm -hmm. we're present. We're not really thinking about so many decisions that we make in life. So, you know, what you're doing here with people and helping them eat mindfully, how, I mean, this has got to span into so many other, other aspects of their life outside of just eating a thousand percent. So, um, let's wrap up Kate. Um, if there's anything else that you want to add on this topic, um, feel free but otherwise just kind of like, let us know where we can find you and how people can work with you. Yeah, absolutely. So you, my main home site is uh, LRD Academy, just the letters lrdacademy.com. And you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok. It's the same handle. It's at lose weight with Kate. Um, and, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, if, if anyone is listening to this and, and wants to learn more about LRD or work with me, um, you can go to lrdacademy.com. But essentially, uh, just one thing I wanted to let uh, everybody know is that now we just created a new service that I'm super excited about where um, I'm offering 90 minute strategies, strategy sessions that pair with my online course. So when you purchase a 90 minute session with me, Um, I'm essentially going to do like the orientation and the first part with you. I'm going to help you set up your nutrition, um, a routine and a schedule, a movement plan. We're going to address any kind of limiting beliefs or mindset barriers, just like all the ones we just talked about and really give you a solid strategy and plan so that when you get off the phone with me after those 90 minutes, like you are ready to hit the ground running dive into that course. And then all of the things that we talk about in your specific note doc, you'll be able to pull that up and kind of apply it and think about it. And a lot of those things will resonate, you know, with you as you move through the course. So um, I started this because I just had the course by itself and that's done amazing. I mean, we have, we have hundreds of women that have had amazing transformations, but now being able to jump on the phone with these girls for the first 90 minutes and really just kind of give them a pep talk and meet them and, and get them excited for the journey that they're going to do within the course is really cool. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. And start identifying the habits that they need to work on. I'm sure is vitally important to their success too. Oh, a thousand percent. I mean, that's honestly, again, and the nutrition and all that stuff's easy. <laughs> so that, that's, it's, it's not hard to eat right and move your body. But that's really what I like to do the most is kind of like I talked about in the beginning, which is like, all right, this is all good and good and well, but like, let's talk about the real stuff. What are your triggers? What are your patterns? Like, what is your MO? And how are we going to maneuver around these things when they pop up? Because they're going to. I don't think this whole idea of like, how long can I do this until I mess up? That's not productive or healthy because it's not messing up. It's just all part of the learning experience. Yep. Or, you know, if you want to call it quote unquote, mess up, how do I mess up gracefully and Absolutely. Out my way back on track after I, after I do, cause it's going to happen. 
period. Oh, and that's when you got to have that radical compassion and neutrality. Like I'm just observing myself like a little monkey. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the stuff that's working and I'm laughing at the stuff that's not. <laughs> and I'm just choosing to be positive and come up with a plan to keep evolving and moving further and further away from that pattern and, and bring in those coping skills. That's really all it is. And I think that's really great news because if you're listening to this and you have felt like there is literally something wrong with you, I've been there, but there's nothing wrong with you. There's a lot right with you. And if you can just understand, get quiet and take a little time and space to really take an aerial view at the big picture, you'll figure out exactly what's going on. Uh, You'll have a plan. You'll have the confidence to overcome it. And before you know it, you'll be looking at this like, man, why didn't I, why didn't I jump on this earlier? you know? Yeah. Well, Kate, um, I really appreciate you being on. I think that this has been an outstanding interview and we have so much, there's so much in this that I cannot wait to share with everyone. So thank you so, so, so much for being on. And, um, just one more quick shout lrdacademy.com and, uh, follow Kate at lose weight with Kate on Instagram and TikTok, right? Yeah, you got it. Awesome. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. Thank you, Kate. Thanks ladies.